Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Um, tell the story about, how about how I just feel like I have a little toy here. <laughs> tell the story <laughs> about, um, uh, about the corporate gig where the guy, you got Heckling? a letter. Yeah, the letter you got. The letter. Oh, uh, yeah. I did that uh, corporate with Larry Miller, and the people were drunk and horrific during the entire show. And mm -hmm. I literally got a letter that some his manager made him send to me apologizing. It's great. It's in the book. The book, of course, How yes. to Succeed in Business Without Worry Crying. It's the greatest letter because you know he felt like such shit. I yeah. can't believe you cut you uh, crossed his name out. All right. Um, <laughs> Probably for legal reasons. <laughs> now you're going on the road, and you know you you talk about women, and and this is a com the topic that comes up all the time about women in comedy, women in comedy, women. And I never sort of played the woman card. I think because I had mentors like you, and you know that it was like I just want to be a good comic. So you know, it's really about. I think it's harder for women in every profession except for like maybe teaching or nursing, you know, we yeah. have, right? But I never was like, I don't get this. Now I say it. Now I know I don't get things because I'm an older woman. But, um, you know, I never played that, uh, you know, it's so woe is me. And you never, you actually took it to the other end of the earth here and said, no, it's better because there's less of us. Yeah, um, and we're we're we have different things to say. Yeah, and what I think hasn't changed since when I was doing it. Excuse me, when you were doing it, is that you know now when I see shows now there's a bit of a conscience about you know all men going on a show. It's like right. uh, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> you know we also have to be represented just because women kind of like spark up when there's a woman on the show. Right, right. It's like, oh, uh, and I don't mean that to say we're just, am I right, ladies, just dealing right. with them. But it's important to make a show balanced like the world is balanced. Right, right. Um, so it's always bugged me when, um, you know, there were still lineups on at comedy clubs where it's all men. It's like, you know, have a, or all white men. But you know? it's still like, I mean, I, it, I was looking um, online the other day, or I saw some post, post somewhere about, uh, and it was for a comedy show called Girls on Girls. And I was just like, why can't it just be a comedy show? Uh-huh. You know, it's like when there's three guys on a comedy show, it's a comedy show. Yeah. When it's three women, it's Ladies Night Out or Hysterical. And it's just mm -hmm. like I refuse to do any show that has a, a demeaning name for a woman in the title. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Because it's not girls on girls. It's just people doing stand-up You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only good thing I think about now, and I wrote about in my book, is that, you know, 
I'm sure, Judy, you remember from those days. They wouldn't put two women uh, one uh, following after, each right, other. Right, all, all the time. Yeah, it was like, we got to break it up. Right, it was like, oh, well, I have a woman on that show. I remember calling clubs, um, you know, because I used to get up in the morning. Hi, is this Joey Novick? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember people saying, oh, we had a woman here like two months ago. She didn't <laughs> yeah. do well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, right. I'm like, oh, did you have, ever have a white guy that didn't do well? They used to not put two black people on yeah. one after another either. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, just because of the time, it was, uh, it was so dominated by white straight guys. Um, you went on the road a lot of um and i i did too i know that the when i started out oh what i wanted to tell you that i didn't want to forget that your great piece that you wrote in the new york times i've quoted that a lot because your thing about saying that on the road going to a comics hotel room was very normal right it didn't Mm -hmm. mean like code for oh come sleep with me right right Mm -hmm. it was like that's our home yes that's yeah. I, when people were like, "Why'd they go to the hotel room?" That really pissed me off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it also so pissed. Sorry to interrupt, but I no, I love that. I got a compliment from Carol Leaf, ladies and gentlemen. Compliment from Carol Leaf. Two compliment from Carol Leaf. Um, when you uh, you talked about and was the bane of my existence, comedy condos, and you yes. have the funniest story. Um, so a lot of people don't know that. When the club owners realized, oh, I could just buy a crappy apartment or rent a crappy apartment and throw the comics in there instead of paying for three hotel rooms. Right. Uh, and could give a shit like how comfortable we are, how clean it was or anything like that. But they realized, oh, this is a much, you know, this is going to reap me a lot more money. Yeah. So you get a gig on the road with Sue Kalinske, who was a, who was a past guest who I love. Yes. Uh, and which is like amazing in in its in and of itself. Oh, that we got to work together. Right. Yeah, and a friend. Right. Yeah. And it was in Arizona and we get to the comedy condo and it's probably about 1 or 2 o'clock and you know the guy is there and the um, yeah, because you'd walk in, there'd always yeah, be a comic somebody in there. there. Yeah. You take this room, you take this room, and then I'm sure we, I think there was a pool. We hung out by the pool, right. swimming, and blah, blah, blah. Then we start to get ready for the show. So about 7 o'clock, we start to gather near the door to get ready to go to the gig. And Sue and I are ready, and we say to the guy, hey, okay, we're ready to go to the club. And he comes out of his room, and he goes, what do you mean? I go, it's 7 o'clock. We get ready for the 8 o'clock show. He's like... Oh, I'm not a comic. I just live here. <laughs> <laughs> so these scuzzbags <laughs> threw us uh, into a condo with a strange man we did not know. <laughs> I it like I read that and was like, it's so typical. Yeah, I like know. not even thinking. Oh, what if he's a rapist? You know, right? Yeah. Did you always, in the comedy condos, like it was always like the headliner got the best room, then the middle act got the next room. And right, then, yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you always got the decent room. Um, God, it's such a blur now. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I, I feel like if I really thought about it, I could go into a clinical depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we didn't have cell phones or anything. It was so lonely on the road. You know, and it was really fortunate because I was so tired of these condos but I couldn't you know just it was the way I was making my living these comedy clubs and then I remember this was around 1993 I got five corporate dates for Intel 
at no five way. grand a piece. No. Yeah, which even today is not horrible. I know, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I was reading your book and you were talking about like gigs you got in the 80s, late 80s and and uh, the money. And I was like, oh, that's what I make now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. You're doing great, Judy. <laughs> um, no, but and then I said to myself when I got those Intel gigs, and it was also in 1993, like, well, right. who the hell is Intel? Right. You know, but um, it was like, all right, now I'm officially with that buffer right. cushion. I'm not, I'm, I will turn down any comedy condo gig. Right. It's so great when you can say no. I know. 1989, you, yes. um, <laughs> you had a crappy guy who you call Shecky. Right. Who is booking you on shitty gigs, mm-hmm. but promising you everything everything and um you have you got it all right can you take it from there absolutely do, i want to know who shecky is do i know who shecky no, is? no i'll tell you off the air all right okay. i'll tell you off the air because i just saw him recently really yeah yeah he's a very successful guy and yeah okay. he's jewish okay <laughs> uh i was promised the world by this agent who said to me come to my office how many you- lettermans have you done by this time um, but, well, by then, it probably was 89, right? 15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 20, maybe even. And mm. he said, bring me a list of all the gigs you've done and how much you made, and we'll go over it. And we brought him the list, and he'd go through everything, and it was like, you got that for giggles? <laughs> Get you double that. You got that for <laughs> ho-hos, you know? Yeah. And um, so I decided to sign with him. So, and like, they And you had to sign papers then. Yeah. yeah. I know. I remember that. I don't sign with it. And then it was uh, three weeks in, three months in, nothing. The gigs, horrible. Literally booking me on the Jersey Turnpike. At, they're not, I don't think they exist anymore. The ground, ground rounds. Round I remember those. Yeah. There was one in New Brunswick. <laughs> oh my yes. God. Eating peanuts and throwing the shells on the floor. And Did then, you ever do the Penny Arcade? Yes, I did. Do That's that. that was my hometown. Oh my! And God. I would never work there because they were all so mean to me. So I never <laughs> went back there. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, a couple months into it, I'm like, Shecky, you promised me the world, and I'm playing all these dumps. Like, what's going on? He's like, Look, I'm working on you opening for Frank, and I'm like, Like Frank who? Frank Stallone? Because I don't know, uh, you know, what you're promising. He was like, No, no, I'm Frank Sinatra. And I thought, this guy is out of his mind. I mean, he's got me on the turnpike. No, but he's working on me opening for Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and then I worked on a cruise ship. And another gig I got for myself. And then I get a phone call. Did you go by yourself ship. to the cruise no, ship? No, I think maybe even Sue Kalinsky came with me as my guest. <laughs> and um, I got a phone call. And if you got a phone call on a cruise then, yeah. it was like either one of your parents died or your apartment went on fire. Right, but they anna- they would make right, it an right. announcement. Right, paging, yeah. yes. And I get on the phone, and it's Shecky, and he's like, you got the date in Vegas with Frank Sinatra. He got me to open for Frank Sinatra. He had some weird line to Jilly Rizzo, who was Frank Sinatra's manager, and I opened, all because of him, I got to open for Frank Sinatra. Now, you write about Frank um, as being... First of all, the fact that you, when the first time you met him, he was in his boxer shorts yes. and his tux. Yeah. Like now, he, it would be me too. And right. he would, you know what I, I mean? I know. That's so true. I never thought about yeah. that. And then also, I forgot that detail. Uh, I don't know why men had like their socks on suspenders. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell was that? 
<laughs> but you um they didn't stay up it no, was like no. I, and you show in the book the marquee yeah and it's funny because Catch a Rising Star is right in that. I I remember I brought right. my parents there. That was like one of the last times my father ever saw me before. But you know, in the marquee it has Frank Sinatra and in prominent letters, Carol Leifer. Yes, and you write that most like headliners in Vegas would not share the marquee like that's that. That's right. That's right. Mm. I joke around that Bill Maher opened for a big star and she would not put his name on the marquee. And mm. her name rhymes her with Tiana Toss. <laughs> 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 there you go. Oh, I'll never guess that. Yeah. Brianna Moss. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, so and the Boobeams. He was yeah. very gracious. <laughs> 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 and he would... Um, Always introduce the songwriter when I sing, which I thought was, I, I mean, to this day, it remains mm. the greatest. I know. That's what I love. Gig I could ever talk about. And also to my, to my parents, you know, for my, my parents, your parents, their generation to yeah. open for Frank Sinatra. I mean, it's just I can't even imagine. Were your parents like, hi, Carol's opening for Frank Sinatra. Would they like that at all? They weren't, they didn't have that kind of. Yeah, mine didn't yeah, either. Yeah, they weren't showy right, that way. Right, same. Yeah. yeah, but I, I my, think it's that generation, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, like that. I I kind of. I mean, it wasn't. I didn't realize my parents were really old until, you know, I realized how old. Like, you know, they lied all the time. So, and my fa I told the story right at my father's, um, fiftieth birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole day, I'm like, you're a half a century, oh, yeah. you're a half a century, or a half. And then I realized he was 60. They had lied to me. Uh -huh. Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, and then my grandmother's 75th birthday, I was really young and I was like, Granny, you're so old, you know, because 75 then was yeah. like, and she goes, no, I'm, it's, we're joking. I'm really 57. It's just a joke, you know, like it's opposite. So right. then, and then I found my grandmother's, um, I don't know. She had something that said date of birth, like a prescription on her kitchen table. Uh -huh. And it said 96. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was like 1976 or 77. And I go, 96? <laughs> How was she born in the future? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, she was born in 18. Like, I couldn't. Whoa. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you, you, you when do you move to L.A.? I moved to L.A. I know, but we're going to be fine. Um, Carol moved, looked at her watch, but I have too much. I can't. I, I've been dying for this for years. But okay. while, while people are yawning and talking about um, transitions and whatnot, I'm going to go to my rehearsal that I have. And this oh, oh great. Um, Hennessy has to leave. I'm to go really to his, sorry. Uh, okay. I don't know if you remember that I told you about this. Yeah. yeah. He told this you about This has been, it? like, truly, truly you are... Um, I mean, you're just wonderful. I have loved getting to hear you share your stories. You, you are a legend, and I've loved you since I was a little kid. And wow. Yeah, you very much uh, impacted me as a performer, you know, and a character actor. I would love to see you do drama. I bet you fucking kill it. <laughs> no, yes, I do not. I bet you do. Um, you're so sweet, but no, that's not in my wheelhouse. <sighs> God, the funny ones always do such good drama. All right, good. You're done. <laughs> okay. All right, have a good. What's this rehearsal Thank for? Thank you again. Um, it is for uh, a reading I'm doing in a couple days. Is it uh, a guy? You're playing a man? Or trans? What are you playing? 
Um, who, I, uh, I'm not really sure actually yet because I haven't read the script. Uh, no, I'm playing. Oh, that's good. Game. You did your homework. That's great. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Uh, well, they just sent it to me today. All right. That's good. Enjoy that fake mustache. All right. Um, I'm telling you, if you shave it, it'll grow in better. Um, I'm documenting things right now. Though. Okay. Yeah. Kind of sees transitioning and yeah. um, documenting the whole. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. With that stupid mustache. Yeah, Judy likes to. I like to torture. Very him. good haircut. I know. Thank you. I, I do like myself. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I met him when he was girly. Mm. Really? Yes. Girly. You had. You were like. You know. You'd wore was makeup. Girly? Oh, no. Me? I mean, you were not you gonna be girly. An <laughs> no. You had long hair, yeah, and you had right. a cutie. Whatever. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank Have you. fun. Thank you. So okay. funny. My wife Lori is very. She's beautiful, but she is very butch in that. Like I can never buy her a woman's blouse. Right, or, right, right. You know that kind of stuff. She gets like, fuck. No, I'm not gonna wear that. I love that. I'm. I. I, I like being a girl a little bit, but I'm. Yeah. I'm kind of. I'm half and half. I think. Half and half. Yeah, I'm half butch and half. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, all right. So you moved to L.A. And what's your first writing job? My first writing job was SNL. Oh, that's that right. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, you, I, uh, you talked about seeing Al Franken uh, mm-hmm. audition for SNL. He, was he not? He watched me audition. Oh, okay. He I know was he was the in the people. room. Right. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I at the comic strip. At the comic strip, yeah. he was really instrumental in getting me hired there. So I owe a huge debt. Of, and you were the only woman. I was uh, the second half of the season. Right. There was another woman the first half. And was it as torturous as people say writing on that show? It's not an easy job. Right. It's definitely um, uh, challenging, but uh, it's a great job. And I think if I were a little more committed to writing at that time, I could have even done an even better job. I was just frustrated that I was still a performer and not performing. Right. I know it's hard to... It's hard to give that up, yeah. sort of. I, I talked about, um, at the time, like 11, thir- you know, 11.15, the band would start at Saturday night. Right. And I'd get all jazzed up. And I'm right. like, where are you going? You're, you're, <laughs> you're backstage. Just <laughs> calm down. Um, do you have feelings about Al Franken? As I do. Um, I do, too. Okay. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, here's the thing about what's challenging for me. Oh, Al Franken, sorry. With... Uh, with the movements going on. I like to think, I've been around, we've been around a long time, and you feel like you have a sense of someone. Mm-hmm. And Al Franken, and, and so, you know, honestly, we spent a lot of late nights together and, uh, you know, uh, way back when, and I found him to be nothing but a gentleman and nothing but a good, decent, menschy guy. Right. And because he took a picture that was stupid... Um, it, it didn't bug me. It was like he's right. a comic and he right. wasn't serving then. So what's the problem? And now for someone to lose their entire career over it, their and, political And career, also what a champion he has been for women for in women. his job. Yes. yes. And yet this orange piece of crap mm-hmm. who's a philanderer, a money launderer, a predator, uh, just a misogynist, Dun- like 
Yes. How does he keep his job? He keeps his job. Yeah. It's, it's really infuriating. And I think, you know, this Me Too movement, which great, I, I, I don't equate Al Franken and Harvey Weinstein. Like, I, there's not right. equal whatsoever. Yeah. But that being said, and I'm not, I'm talking about the Al Frankens and the Louis C.K.s and everyone, you know, the amount of time we spend together performers mm -hmm. late at night yes backstage with no clothes on changing for for skits or this or that yeah you know we don't have bound we have limited boundaries because of the nature of our work mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and we also the nature of being a comic is you know sort of going to the edge go you know like that stupid you know, like i looked at that photo and i was like he's not molesting her yeah. right he's doing what any comic we right. know does like right being a bit of a, a you know a jerk right in the moment and right. who hasn't done that kind of thing right um what's your al franken no i i i'm just saying i i really i just can't believe that photo and i you know, oh, he did this, and he squeezed this one's aunt. I, you know, he also got drummed out by the Democrats, right? Because they thought, I think that I think Roy was Moore a, was going right. to win, and then they, for whatever reasons, but I, it's get, I'm getting really annoyed about it. Yeah, it's like have some. We have no ball. The Democrats need to be as play on the same playing field as these people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have no shame. They right. have no, no. Let him. He's a he's great at his job. You and know? and and like you said, did so much for women, right. pro-choice, and always um, not someone who just kind of went along with the tide. Really right. led the charge, right? Um, so it's really you yeah, know I'm sad. so glad when that piece came out about Aziz and sorry, yeah, where that New York Times reporter said, you know, you had a bad date, exactly. You exactly. had a bad date. That's not me you too. Right. That's not Times Up. Right. He, he didn't read day. your cues, yeah, right? right. He, uh, you know, I talked about that with Henry for a long time, my elder son. Mm -hmm. And he was like, mommy, you know, you're that, you know, once you're aroused, that's all a guy thinks about, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it, he was, it's, I, I can't, it's so annoying. All right. Anyway. You know, I love my liquid IV, that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But 
That being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! So you work, you write for SNL. And then I love, I love, I read about, you know, you writing for Seinfeld. Now, a lot of people don't, I don't know if they all know that you're, no? What? (laughs) That you, Elaine? Okay. Anyway, uh, (laughs) was played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. All right. Yes. That you wrote on a sitcom and they hired writers who had never written on a sitcom basically yes that was that was the real the real great um victory of that show i mean that i was lucky that i'd never written for sitcoms and that's why they hired me and that they liked hanging out they always hired people they liked hanging out with it's another thing i talk about in my book book, yes you can be funny you can write great jokes but if people don't like being around you you're not going to get very far. So, like, work on your personality skills right. because people like to hire people they like to be with. Right. <laughs> um, so that really became, you know, and that was an amazing job. And and because of that job, you really, and the fact that they're so inclusive, they were so inclusive with the writers as far as, because most sitcoms, you know, you get assigned to, all right, you're going to do episode nine, go write it. Yeah. And this was really, you went in, you would pitch to them, mm-hmm. to Larry and Jerry, Jerry, who shared an office. Yep. And it had to be like two sentences. Two or three sentences. Yeah, Larry grab would them get right like, away. bye-bye now. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, George brings a deaf woman with him that, to a I party this. to lip read his ex-girlfriend's lips to find out why she broke up with him. Right. Yes. And that you got from uh, our mutual friend, uh, uh, what's her name, deaf? Uh, comic Kathy uh, Buckley. Kathy I Buckley. heard her on Howard yeah. Stern, and I thought, if you had a friend like that, yeah, would you use them for nefarious right. purposes like <laughs> I that? that? I would. Um, the Marble Rye. The Marble Rye. I mm-hmm. mean, these are all episodes, you know, these that you wrote that came from real life um, experiences, mm-hmm. uh, and really. The way you write, it's so interesting that you can just, two sentences. Well, it was a really good lesson in that when you pitch to people, and, and, you know, I'm so complimented that I've gotten so much great feedback about my book, not just from people in comedy. Like, I had a guy who, you know, he's in um, accounting school, you know, who really liked the lessons in it. But that lesson is also, when you get in with your boss... Like, you better have your shit together. Right. And better be quick and fast and concise. Right. Or anybody loses interest. Right. 
So take that opportunity and make it happen. So you wrote 79? I worked on... um, 79 episodes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Of Seinfeld. That's amazing. Well, it really was, you know, a once in a lifetime lightning in a bottle. Did you know when you started that it was going to be what it was? When I finally got to the show, it wasn't the giant hit yet that it had become. It had just come off of not being almost renewed. Right. I don't think anybody did, but I think that's what the genius of the partnership of Larry David and and Jerry Seinfeld is that they just wrote what made them laugh. Right. And that happened to be uh, the sweet spot of what uh, people thought was good, smart comedy. And it was so great that some, like the the uh, Korean ladies, the, the manicure, manicure. Yeah. I mean, because it's so from a woman's point of view. Yeah, I always thought that the place that I went in New York, Ruby Nails, 80th and <laughs> Lexington, that they were talking about me and behind still, my back. And you still get free. I did until Ruby's shop closed. But God damn it, until Ruby. it closed, I would go in there and get my free manicure. Oh, Carol! Yeah. Uh, and then they used the real logo of right. rubies um, on the episode. That's so amazing. Yeah. And the skinny mirrors of Barney's skinny mirrors of Barney's who hasn't what woman hasn't looked in a mirror and right. thought this is a skinny mirror. Right. Um, after Seinfeld. Now, while you're doing Seinfeld, were you doing stand up? Not as much. No, I'm pretty. Did you miss it? Um, Not really. You know, I'm a very. um mono-focused person. Right. I can't do a lot like, of things And that's it also optometry, mono-focus. Very good. Thank you. Hey, Thank good you. callback. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm not one of those people that can do a million things. So if I'm writing, I'm writing. And if I'm performing, I'm kind of And do you performing. feel as satisfied? Um, I am because uh, each thing has its things. Right. I mean, the thing about stand-up is... It's exciting when it goes well, but, you know, the traveling and when it doesn't go well. And I do still do get anxious before I perform. Right, right. uh, Dealing with that. That has its own thing. And then writing is a much more sedate lifestyle, more kind of civilized. And I'm at home and um, that kind of thing. But then sometimes I get frustrated that I'm not performing. Right. But it's nice to have both. But you get to do both. Yeah. Now, um, after Seinfeld... uh, you know, you are a very sought-after writer. I mean, you write for the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Most of them, I think, of this 21st century. Is I just that did. This last one was my eighth time. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It was really good, by oh, the thank way. You. I love that opening um, with the black and white. This pa- The past. You know, they did that opening where they had the... Oh, oh Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy's... Uh, Jimmy's guys came up with that. Um, oh, I meant I didn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're great. He has a really good yeah. team of people. Um, so, you know, you you do a lot of writing. You've now the um, what you call it show with uh, Henry Winkler. Yes, better late than never. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have your hand in so much stuff. I do. I'm lucky right now. I'm in a really good phase. Right. What am I ever going to get in that phase? <laughs> <laughs> Judy. So, but you never really pursued the writing like I did. I know. I have this addiction to being on stage. Mm-hmm. Do you, when you're not on stage, does it start to I want to cry- flip you out? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I am um, I swear, I think that I 
am a stand-up com- like that is mm-hmm. me and a microphone like nothing makes me I still love it I still you know and I think back to when I first started and I used to be laying on the couch half asleep and I have to go do a 12 30 <sighs> or right. a one o'clock spot and now you know, I'll be on the couch and I'll have to do a nine o'clock spot and yeah. I'm ex- as exhausted as I was. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm still doing it. But then I walk in that club and mm-hmm. I get on that and it's, I don't know what it is. Do you go on at Gotham? Yeah. And that's good too. Right? Yeah. Gotham's good. They're all, I being a comic in New York Yeah, is, because you don't have to get in your car. You have right. to find a parking spot. Right. You and take a cab. Um, I do a lot of subway. I do the Via. What's that? Oh, it's a shad ride. Really? Yeah, four ninety five. Wow. Um, I do. You know, I take car services and stuff. I, Eastville is also another club I work. There's a lot of really good clubs. Wow. Yeah, like if you came back and were like, "I'm yeah. giving it all up," I'm gonna. Yeah, you would. Yeah. I do feel old though. I think I'm one of the, you mm-hmm, know, oldest mm-hmm. people who still goes out and does. Right. Sp- Margaret Smith used to call me a leopard because I. Oh, how many spots are you doing? <laughs> um, okay, so But you, it doesn't matter when you get on stage. If you're funny, you're funny. Right. Nobody cares. Right. How old you are. Right. Nah, I can't get a Netflix special. I can't I can't get a Connie special. Mm-hmm. I, last one I did was ten years ago. It's so I'm gonna do an album. But Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Cause I feel like I also feel like every comic um complains after they do a Netflix special that their material's eaten up and they can never do it again. Yeah. But when you, when I remember listening to comedy albums, when I went to see that comic, I wanted to see them do the bits that I heard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it is a listening art form too yeah. as well. All right. So you um, are married to a woman. I, I am. Have, you identified as straight most of your life. I did. Until you. Until I met her. And I didn't think I was gay. Right. I mean. I, lo- I had relationships with men. I had sex with men. You and- were married to a, a male. Yeah. We won't bring that I was. Up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but then I had this hankering to have an affair with a woman. I just like was like. Just- it's just so interesting that you didn't have the torch. Like I knew when I was like three. Mm-hmm. Something's. What's going on? I'm different. You know. Wow. And was in the closet and ha- had a bleeding peptic ulcer i'm like i it must have been so it was hard. horrible the closet is the most painful to, to live your life like as a fraud right is it's so awful because you're a, in fear that if anyone finds out your life is over yeah you know no i i really my heart goes out yeah. to you and people that had to live through that but it wasn't until i met Lori. And had who my, is lovely, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. And Jewish. Um, that um, I knew, I kissed her, and I kind of knew I was gay. Was it? Was it? It was a different kind of kiss than. It was different, but it was more like um, the emotional connection that we have with each other. It was different than any right. guy that I'd ever gone out with right. before. It just. But you felt satisfied when you were with, or that's all you knew. You didn't think about it. I can't believe your mother's a psychologist was a psychologist yeah. and you had no inkling. I just I didn't. It's so incredible. Yeah, no. You I, have um so you have a great relationship. She is a lovely. She's really sweet she and is. very pretty. And then you have a son Bruno mm-hmm. who's adorable. Thank you. Um I would say you pretty much have it all. 
<laughs> I have a, things are very nice, you know. I'm happy that, and as you are, you're married, right? No, we're not married Oh, you're yet. not married. Oh, okay. She's so annoying. She's she's a therapist. So whenever you talked about your mother, like, going right. into the cycle, it's like everything. I'm like, I don't want to process. I don't. Just, can I just say something and you go, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Um, but we're, no, we're not married, Elisa, but we will be eventually. Um, and so you have this wonderful, wonderful life. Now, you um, were on The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Um, with the host of The Apprentice was, um, is the president. He's now the president of the United, of the United States. States. But here's I, the thing. If I'm yeah. honest about that experience, you know, I could not be more 180 from who Donald Trump is as a president. Right. He so doesn't represent me, what my values are, right. what my beliefs are. When he get when he talks and he's so, it just sounds like the biggest dummy. Right, right. You know, it, it embarrasses me to be an American. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, on my experience on The Apprentice, you know, he was very professional. Right. He played the game well. Right. He, um, I thought it was very fair when he went through things. He was right. like the 180 of who he is now on that show. Right. So, uh, you know, I wish I could say, oh, I can't stand him as president. And he was even worse. Right, it, right, it, right. He wasn't, you know. But this um, was also uh, in 2009. Um, but it is hard to believe that he's the president. And you got eliminated first. I did. Did it hurt? Yes, it did. Yeah. But, so funny, Chuck LaBella, who is... Um, was the talent guy then for NBC and he called me to tell me that I was doing the show and I was excited because I right. wanted to make a lot of money for my right. charity. It was at North Shore Animal League. I wanted to, you know, and I thought I'm going to play the game well. I'll be a real contender. Right, right. And I said, oh, great. I got the show. I said, you know, the only thing is I don't want to be that loser that's thrown off first. And I was like, then I got, <laughs> I got, I got eliminated from Chopped um all-stars first and it was like what is chopped all-stars so you know this show chopped on the food network where you pick out you know you have you have secret you have a certain amount of time they give you you don't know what the ingredients are and you have to no, create I don't know that oh show. my god okay well you get a basket you get the appetizer you, basket and then you get right. a dinner basket and dessert oh. basket so separately i d- you know i was on it johnny weir me layla ali and uh uh, 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 Joey Fatone. Okay. And um, the first basket was uh, chicken, uh, breast. Yeah. Avocado, kamuchi, kakuchi, some sort of <laughs> Korean spice. Yeah. And chocolate uh, and vanilla cupcakes. And you have to cr- you have a certain amount of time to create an a- an appetizer. Right. So I grilled. The chicken, I made guacamole with the Korean spice, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to, what am I going to do with this stupid cupcake? Yeah. And I know now I should have taken the frosting, and I should have added it to the guacamole to give it a sort of sweet thing, but I just, you know, breaded the chicken with, I don't know. And then I put it on the plates, and meanwhile, Johnny Weir is like, I've never cooked a day in my life. (laughs) I just, I don't know what I'm doing, but he 
he doesn't even season the chicken. Yeah. And he puts it on this plate and he has flowers on the plate and the pl- it looks like, you know, yeah. just this beautiful presentation. And me, I'm cook for my kids. I have like the, the chicken breast, slobby fucking guacamole. <laughs> so they're like, oh, your food tastes good. And I lost on presentation. Oh. And I knew that they thought I was going to be in right. the round two because right. in the round two basket, there was matzah. Oh, oh my God. Isn't that awful? You and I would have made matzah bry and I would have won. But Layla Ali won because she's, she's like her father. Like you, there, you knew the minute you walked in. Right. There was no, she was going to do it. There's two things that I uh, also find fascinating about you. You're right. a life. And then let's wrap it up. And then we're. And then I have two questions after that that we ask. I can't believe you're the. I've never done a podcast where it's like, this isn't going on an All hour. All right, sorry. An hour and a half. I mean, I'm come fine. on, Judy. I love you. I love you back, but come on. Really? <laughs> All right. Um, a, Weight Watchers, lifetime member. Yes, I am. I love that about you. Do you? Yes. I love that. My mother, used, I used to have to go on Weight Watchers, and um, actually a friend of mine's mother was at the first Weight Watchers meeting oh ever my God. on Long Island. It's a great basement. program. Yes. In 2012, I lost 15 pounds, which to, uh, it, you know, to me you have to is be, like right, nothing. But yeah. to be a woman, you get that mm-hmm. it could be something. And I've kept it off since then. I go every month. And, and I put myself on that scale, and they weigh you, and it's the smartest thing that they ever do. They make you, you have to be weighed there once a month right. to keep your lifetime membership. And I love that about you. I love that you, ex- physical exercise is very important. Yes. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, TM, Transcendental Meditation. I do that as well. Now, I meditate. Okay, um, but not TM. Well, TM is where you have a mantra, correct? Yes. And it's given to you, correct? Right. I can't afford it. I heard it's really expensive. Is that uh-huh. correct? Um, it, it, you know, it's about $1,500, I think. But you can work things out with TM people where they will uh, assess your needs. Chakra? And, yeah. <laughs> no, they'll um, give you a break if you appeal to them. Do you, um, and you do it every day? I do it every day. How long? 20 minutes, twice a day. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you ever lot, skip? I A lot. Most times I just do it one time a day. Right. I do more of the five o'clock. That's right. not the prescribed program. Right. But that works for me. And it helps. And you definitely feel. I definitely feel a difference in life. And it helps with my positivity. I know Judy. that's what I want to do. That's why I want to do it. It really helps. With I that. really do not want to turn into my mother, who I've turned into. And even Oscars, uh, the, uh, I rarely met. You know, I've missed it once this year, and it was Oscars night, just because right. I got home and I was so exhausted. But if I don't do it every day, I feel it. Like right. I want to do it. Okay. I'm. Do- How do you find a TM person? It's completely easy. You okay. go to tm.org. Is that true? Seriously. And yeah. And they'll walk you through the steps. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, we ask our guests two questions. Every, okay. All right. I think I know the answer to the first one. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever been on antidepressants? We're very pro-mental health. So okay. We, we always ask if anyone's ever used antidepressants. Well, just... here's the odd thing. For someone... I've been in therapy for a million yeah, years. Same. I've never taken antidepressants. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Are You're you, not the only one. Okay. Who else hasn't taken? Oh, my God. There's a whole bunch. Do you remember? 
can't remember so many uh, people. Hennessy would have, but there are so many people. Yeah. Who I'm like, really? Are I you on it? Oh my god, I had a very bad clinical depression in 2010. I suffer from terrible, really? debilitating anxiety. I'm oh, like, wow. it's yeah, that's yeah. Um, but I am. I just what got do off. You take? My, I'm now on Wellbutrin. Okay. Um, what effect? I've always wondered what kind of effect does an antidepressant well, have? Well, I felt. Um, well, it took a while to get the right cocktail. Um, it now that I'm off mm -hmm. the one that was really I was on Paxil. Um, I cry a lot more. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm definitely more in touch, but I have no frustration tolerance, and I, um, I'm really anxious. I have really bad ADD that. I work so hard in my brain. Like, I meditate, too. But, like, I, I'm like, okay, focus on this task. And, like, when all the other thoughts start coming in, right. shut up, shut up, shut up, shut You know, I'm going to do this. And, and so if if one thing happens, like, mommy, I'm like, ah! you know, my brain goes It's really hard to. Mm -hmm. So it kind of calms that down where I'm like, okay, it's okay. You where I don't react right. as much. Um, so I, it just sort of has a, a, a numbing effect. I thought it was going to make, I wasn't going to be able to be funny anymore, but it didn't do that. Oh, well, that's good. Now I just cry and, yeah, I'm I think anxious. TM is really, really going to be great for you. Really? I do. <laughs> it okay. really changes your life. Okay, I'm doing it. And your perspective and in so many I'm ways. I'm going to tm.org. Okay. Um, and if you want help with, you know, who to go to? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I love you. Uh, last question. What pisses you off? Like, what makes you so angry, crazy, like you can't, like, you know? Uh, what pisses me off? Really, it's a very simple answer. It's just people acting like bores. B-O-O-R-S. <laughs> mm. Like people throwing their gum in the street. Oh, yeah. I can't stand that. Or littering. I when yeah. someone throws like a straw wrapper or the cover of their cigarette, you mm -hmm, know, like mm -hmm. I, I, I like it makes me crazy. Yeah, people uh, that kind of behavior. Not saying thank you when yes. someone opens a door for you. Or, right. I'm um, just the simple, very simple. Do you etiquette. ever um, say anything to those people? So, you know, I don't like to because it really doesn't get you anywhere. But when I open the door for someone, they don't say anything and they, you're welcome. Yeah, you know, I do. I do. That I kind say of stuff. Yeah, I, I can get um, pro. But, you know, it like I said, it doesn't really get you anywhere. Like I went to Starbucks today and there was a guy who had a baby and the baby started crying. And I get it when the baby starts crying. But he just like didn't pick the baby up or anything the baby just kept wailing right. at the starbucks and i wanted to go over and say pick, pick your baby up right right just leaving him in the right like, who doesn't know that right just leaving them right there in the stroller is not going to make them stop right. crying like pick your baby up. right but, you know to get into things with people is not a it's right. not a good area right and that's where we differ <laughs>
<laughs> Judy, Wait, uh, Judy yeah. before you go, I went yeah. to tm.org and just kind of funny what the connection is. There's a video from Good Morning America with Jerry Seinfeld on it. Now, yes, because he does. He does the. Uh, uh, he's a big yeah. and he's a big proponent. He does it twice a day, all the right. time. Yeah. No, it's a. It's a. I'm doing it. I hate to say this because it sounds so trite, but it's a game changer. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, game changer in your life. Um, I don't know how to thank you. Wow. Oh, Judy. It really was a pleasure. This, even though it went too long, and I could probably go on for three more hours, um, I thank you so, so much. My pleasure. You know I adore you. Oh. I do. Um, Will you sign my book? Of course. All right, good. Um, And everyone, get Carol's book, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Crying. Get it? Crying. Crying. By Carol Leifa. Do you have website? I do have a website. CarolLeifer.com. That's it. Uh, and people can go there and see what you're doing and mm-hmm. where you're working. Mm-hmm. And They thank can. You. Thank you. My pledge. And as we always say, so long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.